Alright guys, I was into this story a good 10 minutes and realized it wasn't recording, so let me start again. I don't know if it's going to record with the app open, let me see. I thought it did yesterday. Okay, it's working fine now. Oh my gosh. So basically, this is going to be a review of the apocryphal story um, called Su Susanna. So it's book 11 in the King James Version Apocrypha. Um, this is a one chapter ditty here with 64 verses. I'm not going to do a whole 45 minute recap. I'm just going to keep it. Let me try and keep it to five minutes here. So this story takes place when Daniel was um, still around. And the story starring Susanna and some bad guys, there are two elders, um, and then Daniel doesn't come in until later, but it says basically that overall this, this story is how Daniel gained his, gained his name to fame, I guess, um, he, because of this, it says towards the end, like, because of his role in this, in this, um story that's how he began to gain favor with the people when they were in babylon um because he did something that was helpful here and so basically this story has a woman named susanna and um basically she lived in babylon with a husband, it says, um, I don't know how to pronounce it, Joachim, Joachim, so let's say Joachim, um, took Susanna as his wife, um, it says that she was a very fair woman, um, and one that feared the Lord, and it says her parents were righteous and taught her according to the law of Moses, um, so she was likely of Jewish faith, um, and it says that Joachim was a great and rich man. Um, he had a, a garden that was attached to his house. And um, because he was an honorable man, people used to come to him all the time for like advice and stuff. And so it says that during that same year, there were two elders from the ancients of Babylon that were appointed as judges um, to govern over the wickedness that was occurring in Babylon. And it says basically that these guys noticed that um, near noon every day, Susanna um, went to her husband's garden to walk. Um, it says when the people departed. So I don't know where... Oh, so when when the people had come um, to Joachim's house, um, basically, if they had any kind of judgments that they needed made, like lawsuits and things like that, they would come to him. And, you know, it says when the people departed at noon, Susanna would take her walk. And there were these two elders that were appointed as judges over Babylon. Those guys noticed her walking every day in the garden. And it says their lust was inflamed and they had perverted their mind um and turned away their eyes that they may not look into heaven 
nor remember just judgments. Um, so basically, they were two horny, perverted old men, basically. And they um, eventually end up watching her, um, fearful to kind of declare their love to her. Um, but they both knew that they were both interested in her. And eventually, the story ends up with Susanna getting threatened um, one day by these two old men because they... Uh, she comes in with her maids, two maids, and then they leave. And then the two men come and approach her and they said to her, hey, you either come with us and become our wife. Which I don't even know how that's supposed to work. Or we're going to basically spread rumors about you saying um, that you slept with a young man. Um, and notice, you know, so she was married Um and basically, um, she didn't do that. She didn't do any of that. She was just in the garden chilling, walking around, and her maids just happened to not be there. Um, and then basically, um, the those two elders came up to her husband, Joaquin, and accused her before him. And she was threatened with death. And then um, Daniel... Um, comes and he's like, wait, like, you can't kill her. Like, how do you even, like, like, there wasn't even, like, a trial. You guys are just accusing this lady. Um, and so, I'm trying to find the part where it says that. Um, yeah, so basically it says, therefore, when she was led, in 45, therefore, when she was led, to be put to death the lord raised up the holy spirit of a young youth whose name was daniel um who cried with a loud voice i am clear from the blood of this woman um so i don't know if they were accusing daniel of sleeping with her or approaching her in some manner but either way um daniel says you know she didn't have a fair trial so let me try something i'm gonna talk to this one elder separately from this other elder and i'm just gonna ask him to give me an account of what happened um and one of the elders said that uh, like he basically like daniel basically asked them the question what tree did this occur under you know this um incident occur under and then one said a mastic tree and then he asked the other guy and then the other guy says an ohm tree and so he's like well these two people are incorrect um because they're both it says they bared false witness against themselves basically and so it says that they were gonna kill like kill the two elders because it, you know like according to the law um they're i guess they're allowed to do what it was that that they were going to do unto her they were um it was legally allowed to be that they had to die now instead of her um so they were put to death um yeah and it says from in, in 64 from that day forth was daniel had 
wait from that day forth was daniel had in great reputation in the sight of the people sorry this is like always worded so weird but um so there's another there's something interesting here that we find so um this almost this almost and not not too too closely but this almost reminds me of the story with jesus and the woman um who the you know the pharisees were saying we caught this woman in adultery and then um you know um we're gonna kill stone her you know we're gonna kill her um now because <laughs> we caught her um and then basically they weren't able to really stone her because it says jesus said you know whoever's without sin can cast the first stone um to try to start the stoning process of this woman um and none of them you know threw their stones and it says that he knelt down and started um writing their names not names but writing in the sand like writing something in the sand um and it says one by one they each kind of like I guess they kind of dropped their stones and left um but I find that story interesting because it's like they say oh she was caught in adultery but then it's like was she by herself like (laughs) well how come she gets in trouble where's this other person that she's sleeping with um how come she's the one in trouble and there's no other trouble it's like okay if she's a married woman sleeping with somebody um why is she the only one in trouble for this so i don't know it's kind of an interesting story in general and um people speculate or historians say and like according to like biblical tradition it says that like basically people believe that jesus was writing down the sins of those religious leaders in the sand and that's why they were leaving because he was writing down like sins that they had committed um but I don't know if there's a significance in that. I don't know if that if that's it doesn't really literally say that. And I also don't know any of those translations. I've never looked into it specifically. But um, that this story almost reminds me of that. But this one's different because um, I mean, in a way, like like I was saying in the other in the other um episode that. A lot of times you see overarching themes and kind of like it's almost like you have like a template and then they just kind of switch the main parts, the main characters, the main um, fascinating events. And then like overall the story, sometimes there is a lot of overlap. So that's one story that kind of comes to mind um, was that one, just like the one with Belle and the Dragon, there were like little tidbits of like the Nebuchadnezzar you know fiery furnace and Daniel the lion's den kind of situation um this one's different so um this one has Susanna and basically she has a name um I don't know if the woman in that story with Jesus had a name I don't think that was Mary Magdalene um that that occurred with um but basically he was saying whoever's without sin um cast the first stone here um, we have Daniel, who's the one who saves this woman. Um, but the part that I find interesting, that's kind of like almost everything is kind of like your average kind of thing. Still, you have these stupid people. Like, I, I just don't understand how they're not more diligent. It's like, 
it clearly seems like there are so many intelligent people in these stories and then they're just the the dim-witted ones that are just like idiots it's like yeah you're gonna basically accuse this righteous woman who has this husband who's a judge and you're not even gonna give her like a freaking trial when her husband's like judge the judge for all the people that the jews are coming to for like advice and like legal suits and stuff and like nobody thought to like have a trial i mean this is just kind of like weird and it's kind of interesting too because even in like jewish tradition um, yeah, there are laws, but there's also like a, you know, there were judges and there were people that were appointed to, um, you know, there's like a process with like priests and things um, that, you know, there was a redemption sort of process. And then there was like, you can't come back from this kind of like you're going to die because you have to get like killed because um, you broke this law and somebody caught you doing it or somebody testified against you but it's interesting how easy they are to just say somebody testified against you we're gonna kill you because this is something that's a a, a killable offense um and nobody ever says a freaking thing about it and they were just like okay we're gonna kill you because it's their word against yours i mean maybe because there were elders um but they were like oh we saw this woman like in the garden with this young man and then um she was basically she was supposedly doing something scandalous with this guy while she's a married woman her everybody's on break from from the judges or maybe the day is over and the husband's still there she's in her husband's house in the garden fooling around with some guy i mean like that doesn't sound right to me um and so that is just interesting that that is kind of the take on things. And then when we come to these dim-witted kind of people, it's like, I don't know if they were just so, like, bitter that they hated so many people. Maybe they're, you know, I understand, like, their per- their point of view that, you know, they were lusting over this woman and they really wanted her. Um, I don't know the King James Version words for lust and perverted their minds but I mean like it sounds like it wasn't like oh I love you I want you in my life it was more like they're watching this woman out of some weird kind of creepiness and not only were they doing that but they were like they knew her schedule and then they knew that the maids weren't there so it was going to be their testimony against hers but it's interesting to me that they didn't take her testimony um and it was basically their word versus hers. I mean, is that how this works here? Um, um, so yeah, there's that. Um, and, but yeah, the, all of the story is pretty normal other than the dim-witted people. I would just say the main part that I find interesting is that there's always some like miraculous thing that, that happens where, you know, like right before when they condemned her to death, it says that she looked up to heaven or something along those lines. I'm trying to find exactly what it said, but, um, it says that she looked up to heaven and then that's when, um, God spoke to Daniel about, you know, Hey, like something's up over there. Um, but I just find that kind of interesting and I'm trying to find the verse where it says, um, Uh, So 35 says, and she weeping looked up toward heaven for her heart trusted in the Lord. So that was when it says right before that in 34, then the two elders stood up in the midst of the people and laid their hands upon her head. Um, All right, guys. Uh Uh-huh. 
I'm just trying to make this recording. It's not going too easily for me this evening. Um. So back in the Apocrypha. So I basically was trying to get to the part that seemed like the, um, you know, how everything is almost normal in these stories, right? Until it's not. So it's like everything's almost, everything's pretty normal until sorry sorry until some other situation happens um and here the situation that we have happening is um when Susanna says her prayer after she's been accused and wrongfully accused and then condemned to death um in 43 she says to God basically she's praying saying thou knowest that they have borne false witness against me and behold I must die whereas I never did these things as these men have maliciously invented against me and then 44 says and the Lord heard her voice and 45 um therefore when she was led to be put to death the Lord raised up the Holy Spirit um, of a young youth whose name was Daniel. Um, and then in 46, it says, who cried with a loud voice, I am clear from the blood of this woman. And so I'm not sure if Daniel was the young guy that, that the elders were saying that she was, um, um, with, supposedly because they say in 37 then the young man um so it says young man but in 40 where does it say daniel in 45 it says young youth and you don't really see a lot of youth in the bible um i mean there's josiah the the young king um when Jesus was young, he was like 12 or ish. And then he just like disappears until he's like 30. <laughs> I mean, like, and um, there's this book and a very interesting book on my little tangent here about the terminology of young youth here. Um, there's this book about uh, it's called Velvet, El- Velvet Elvis or Velvet Jesus. I think Velvet Elvis by Rob Bell. Um, and it talks about the Jewish culture during Jesus' time. So this is after Daniel. And then um, during Jesus' time, there was a, um, you know, how basically there was like uh, discipleship kind of expectation. And and this almost comes up in um, Fiddler in the Roof, if you've seen that musical, where Tevier is kind of like, I wish I was rich. If I was a rich man, I would study the holy books all day and, you know. Like, because, you know, the rich people had more time to do those things. Um, And then the not so rich people were, you know, depending on what how you were rich. But I mean, like, you know, the not so rich people or the people who were working fields or doing some kind of manual labor or sales, that kind of stuff. um, They were busy all day, so they couldn't study the Torah. They couldn't study um, all these holy books all day long. And so like a lot of times culturally, your righteousness was depending almost on 
if you had more money, you could get more status because you knew more uh, and you were more educated um, in, you know, in the religion. And that was kind of like, you know, the whole society for the Jews was kind of like run by these judges and these priests and this whole entire system that was like massive um, with the Pharisees and Sadducees and all these other people. Um, but basically, you don't see a lot of young youth is the point I'm trying to get across. Um, and it, this book by Rob Bell talks about um, talks about the culture during Jesus time. So mind you, this is after Daniel and during Jesus time, they're talking about um, the system that, you know, a person would have been in. Um, so typically the ideal Jewish raised boy would stereotypically want to be, you know, part of the temple, um, system and kind of like almost like initiated into that. And so basically like you would be young and from your whole childhood, you're learning the Torah, you're learning all of these holy books and all the laws and all the commandments and all these things. And then you, you become, you know, bar mitzvah. Um, I don't know when actual bar mitzvah began, but, um, there was a process by which you would go to the temple and get some form of an approval, um, to be taught. Um, so you could be taught at the temple or taught like, like, you know, basically depending on how that went near age 12, when you have that conversation, um, at the temple or however many days it took, maybe it was like a process of time, but you would become a man and then you would, you know, have like a destiny at that point where it's like, you're either going to be a priest or something like you'd be on some form of a path. And it's basically based on your knowledge of what you know. Right. Um, and Jesus had that experience when, you know, when they were going to, um, the sen- to the census, um, in Egypt. Right. Um, and they were traveling, um, Joseph and Mary and Jesus were traveling. I don't know who else was with them, um, if there was anyone else, but they were all traveling um, to, you know, and then like, I guess when they were um, going through Jerusalem, I guess, or something like that, like it was, it was during a high holiday time. And then Jesus ends up getting wrapped up in the temple and um, that's where they found him because he had been missing for some time, like days, I think it was days he was missing for. And, um, you know, it's not like now where you have cell phones and whatnot, like nobody had seen Jesus and it turns out he was in the temple and made some, some, uh, comment about, don't you know, I'm about my father's work. Um, but basically he was there at the temple and, um, it says somewhere in there too, about, um, how Je- how Jesus knew so much information that the priests and the rabbis at the temple were so surprised. And so I'm guessing at that point, and this is speculation, like Bruce Chilton talks about this um, in Rabbi Jesus, that this is speculation that like the reason why he goes missing from 12 throughout is because he becomes a, a Talmud, which is a it's like a like a student of a sort. And you basically you grow up like with somebody teaching you kind of one on one or like with a small group of people kind of like together um, kind of. uh learning and then then you can eventually become a rabbi right and so it's it's believed that Jesus was actually a rabbi and then he went out and he chose 
his Talmudim, but those guys ended up being the 12 disciples, well, 11, and then Judas welcomed himself. But basically, um, that's how, you know, you don't see a lot of youth is what I'm trying to say. Like, Jesus was nearly 30 by the time he was done studying, if that's really where he was from nearly age 12 to when he started gathering disciples. Um, But um, when you think of even back, way back, so this would be way back when, um, before Jesus, there was this, um, basically where it says young youth, like you really don't see a lot of young youth, um, other than Daniel who comes up with his friends multiple times, um, when they were younger and there were other people, um, in Babylon who were young as well. And then there was Moses when he was younger with, um, and he was at the temple, um, well, after he had been technically adopted out of the water, um, in Egypt, he was young then at for a very short period of time that was shown in the Bible. David had some youthfulness when he slayed Goliath. He was young then. There aren't that many young people. There really aren't. You don't see a lot of young people. You don't see a lot of teenagers. And maybe it's also because, um, it wasn't like it is now how it's like we have like a distinct like time period between childhood and adulthood like I feel like for them it was like near age 12 you would either go to the temple or you would do whatever your dad did um and work for your dad and if you're a woman you're just trying to get married and so like yeah the guys would be working for their dads and so that's how come all these other uh guys like talking about Jesus again that's how come they got chosen by Jesus, um, he went and chose, he didn't go to the temple to choose, like, the smartest young men from there, he went and chose all these young men that were probably near 14 years old or so, 12, 14-ish years old, that didn't really pass with the temple, that didn't have the standing or, like, popularity with the temple, and then they went and they, you know, they, they were fishing with their fathers, um, meaning that they had no money. Um, well, they weren't rich, um, and they weren't part of the temple if they were doing that instead of studying. Like they basically weren't students, so they were like a lower position of of a youth um, when they were chosen to be disciples of Jesus. And Jesus was only like thirty ish, and they were younger than him. So it's like. You know, I know in the in the in the in the movies, it's kind of interesting because you always see Jesus as like this 40, 50 year old man and his disciples are all like gray beards and stuff. And it's like, dude, these guys were like all young. They were 30s and younger. (laughs) So it's like and then the people that they were talking to were priests. They were elders. You know, it was this whole other like thing that was happening there. So, um. I got way off topic for probably like 20 minutes there, I feel like. Um, But basically, I was just trying to make a point about the young youth issue. Because it's like, you really don't see a lot of youth. You really don't see teens, hardly at all. Um, And it might also be like a cultural thing, too. There might be younger people and a lot of younger people in the Bible that, you know, according to mainstream Hollywood, you know, showing all these people as like old white men, it's like... There were darker people. <laughs> I mean, we're in the Middle East and back then there were a lot of a lot of dark people. There were Africans in Egypt and 
Egypt is in Africa, mind you. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it was a lot more diverse than the blonde hair, blue eyed that we see kind of in the in the media and the age range, too. But I just find that super interesting that it's like, hey, there's this woman who has his husband and there's these old perverted men. They were lying about her. And then God's like, Daniel, um, go do something about this. I don't understand the line that says uh, in 46, who cried out with a loud voice. I am clear from the blood of this woman. Um, I don't know if that was Daniel. Um, who said that? And I don't know what that means. Um, maybe Jesus told him about that info, but it's kind of interesting. So Daniel wasn't near and it basically says that, you know, the Lord raised up the Holy Spirit of a young youth. I don't even know what that sentence means. Like, I understand the words, but what does that mean to raise up a Holy Spirit of the young youth? I know what a Holy Spirit is, but this doesn't, it's not like, it doesn't seem like it's the same Holy Spirit, maybe. Um, and it's a youth. Um, but I don't know if this is the same, like, Trinity Holy Spirit um, that we're talking about. Um, or if it's like a separate terminology of the holy spirit like this man had a spirit that was holy i don't know um it's not capitalized as holy spirit um nothing else really happens along that sentence basically the lord raised up daniel's holy spirit or yeah it says the holy spirit of a young man um the Lord, the Lord did that, whatever that looks like or whatever that means. He did that. And then Daniel cried with a loud voice. I am clear from the blood of this woman. So does that mean like I didn't kill her? I don't want her to die or I don't want to be responsible for her death. I don't know what that means. Um... Um, okay, so 47 says more, actually. It says, then all the people turned toward him and said, what mean these words that thou hast spoken? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just picturing all the people turning around saying that exact thing. <laughs> what means, what means these words that thou hast spoken? Um, so it says, so he's standing in the midst of them said, are ye such fools, ye sons of Israel, that without examination or knowledge of the truth, ye have condemned the daughter of Israel? That is that was my question, Daniel. Thank you. Um, so that's what that means. He was saying, like, I I basically don't want to be a part of this because you guys are condemning her without any kind of examination process, right? Um I didn't think I didn't I didn't um think up that idea that was in there when I was like reading through it earlier but I am also wondering just in general how come there are so many dim-witted people in these biblical stories that are so quick to judge and blame and kill like it's like you're not even like like okay like I'm spreading a rumor or gossiping or talking shit about this person because 
you know, I hate them or I'm jealous or I'm mad at them or they pissed me off or whatever it may be. Um, that's not what's happening. These people are like, I want her. Well, these two old men were like, I want her. She, we trapped her into not coming with us. And so now we're going to get her killed. And they attempt to get her killed. And in the end, they end up getting killed, which is what happened in Bell and the Dragon, too, is that the people who were trying to get Daniel killed ended up getting killed themselves. And then here we have again the people who, you know, were going to try to kill her or get her killed. Um, they end up getting killed. And it's like, how do you it says lust. It doesn't say love. But I'm thinking, like, how did people go so far as to have like a lust over someone and then still want them to be killed similar to the king who's supposed to who was supposedly daniel's like they were friends and he was just like he got pressured by the by the threats from the from the you know citizens that came saying that they'll kill the king and kill the kill you know destroy his property that um i mean they got so upset or he got so upset over that that he he said yeah you can have daniel and then they, they attempted to try to kill him. And it's like, dude, these people have, like, no standards. It's like, <laughs> like, we're talking about all these laws and rules and religions and, like, people worshipping all these things. And then they're running around trying to kill each other all the time. It's just so, like, weird to me um, that it's like that. Like, I'd understand if it was like, oh, we're going to make your life miserable. But it's like, dude, they they went from we want to screw you and then you'll be committing adultery or we're going to make you lie and or you know and get you killed i mean like wow <laughs> i can't even imagine going to that length and i can't even imagine that they have such a faulty system that you know in in a judge's house mind you this woman had a husband who was, you know, like in a righteous position to have people coming to him with lawsuits and his wife can't even find justice when she's innocent. I mean, that's kind of rough, um, but I'm not sure what more I have to really say about this one. Um, that's that's probably just about mostly all I'd have to say. Um but yeah, focusing on those overarching themes, those repeti- those repetitive themes, focusing on um just kind of like the general interactions of of the people with their um with each other. Um I mean, I I would say these days, nowadays people do have um kind of maybe more emotional intelligence and like maybe in a way because I'm thinking you know Jesus was nearly 2,000 years ago I don't know how many years before Jesus all this stuff was going on but it was before 2,000 years ago and I'm wondering if you know people were just not like I'm not saying that people weren't smart because you know when you look at the history of the Jews the history of the Babylonians like these are very intelligent people but it's like, how do you have all these people 
that are in charge doing all this dumb shit. Like, it's kind of interesting, too, because we still see that in our po- on our political systems. It's like, you see people who are just, like, making bad calls, and you're like, wow, this person's clearly so ignorant and so greedy and so just, like, full of their own, you know, just greed, basically, and you know, that they don't even care for the general population, for people's well-being. They get swayed and pressured to do things that are stupid things that harm people. Um, and that sounds like something that was going on back then, too. But it's kind of interesting that it's like these people just had like no, they really just had no morals. It's like, how are these people elders um, of some kind of religious community Um, and they're using their religious laws to kill people without even like trying them. You know, there's no trial for the, for the, for the, for a judge's wife. There's no trial for her. Um, they just assume, Hey, she did it. Let's kill her. Um, no one even cross-examined the witnesses or anything. And then Daniel, this young guy, he was a young youth. So that means he was, he wasn't even considered a young man. Um, so the young man that was uh, supposedly the person who never actually showed up in the story because he never existed, the young man that these old elderly ancient people were lying about, um, there was an old, there was a young man. And so Daniel must have been younger than that. Um, you, you don't hear the word young youth a lot. And Daniel was somehow summoned, um, whatever that means, I would like to know, what that means about, you know, the Lord, um, doing, well, again, it cut off, (laughs) I know what it is now, it's the app, the Apocrypha app has these ads, um, so when the app fully closes, when I open it up, every time I open it newly, there's a, there's a, there's a, an ad, and the ads have something that cuts off the recording, um, anyways, yeah, I just don't understand how these people are so evil. They're just evil people, man. Like, I don't understand it. Um, It's really hard to wrap my head around because, I mean, they're using religious law. These people are, like, intelligent. At least they're supposed to be. They have high standings in the community for someone to be, you know, considered a judge, considered an elder, um, considered someone that, you know, is going to be, like, you know, a ruler over, of of some sort over people, for them to just be, like, trying to get theirs, you know, that is sad to see, um, but, yeah, this was a good story, Susanna, I'd recommend it, um, again, my, my whole thing is, you know, what I'm mostly interested in, are the parts in the Bible that are kind of very, um, it's like everything's normal till it's not, you know, kind of thing. Um, I really would like to know what that wording means about, um, the Lord, um, you know, doing what he did to Daniel's Holy Spirit. I don't understand what that means, but basically he got Daniel's attention somehow. Um, and there was a reason why he got Daniel's attention, I believe, And then, um, maybe Daniel was there at the trial. I don't know. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe Daniel was at the trial and then, um, 
he was like, I'm not going to have have this person's blood on my hands kind of thing. Like, I don't want to be a part of this. And then they were like, what do you mean by that? You know, um, but it's kind of interesting that this has to come from a young youth that he was basically calling them out as fools um, and that he was able to cross-examine them each with one simple question. What tree did the, what type of a tree did this occur underneath? Like the no, did nobody think to ask a question to these guys? Uh, there was no cross-examination. It's so weird to me that they would just so easily kill somebody um, based on supposedly breaking a law that they never broke. And she's actually saying that she's um, innocent and she it's not like she has no standing in the community it says that she was righteous that she was raised um with you know like she was taught the law of moses so basically she was jewish um she was righteous she was an attractive person um her husband was a judge or or was taking lawsuits from the jewish people and every day until noon um and she was there too with the husband and on the property in their garden so it's kind of like uh i don't understand how these people were expecting to get away with this or how it was possible for people to get away with stuff like that um just one person lying on somebody else just because they were alone and because they were lusting after her um and it was two people it was two old men two old men and they stuck to the end till they had their cross-examination and they were giving information about what, you know, what they saw. And it was like, wow. <laughs> um, but, yeah. It's kind of sad. It's kind of a sad story. It sounds traumatizing, in all honesty. Like, I think that would suck. I think it would suck to live back then. Um, I don't even know if I'd want to be a part of that community. I'd just be like, dude, I hate this place. Um, even when someone with a good standing, who's a woman that's righteous and marries a good husband, isn't able to even like get out of a situation from some dirty old man. Um, I don't know, dude, (laughs) I don't even know. There's like no hope (laughs) at that point, but, um, all right, that's it. (laughs) 